0: Hello and welcome to New Business Paradigms. I'm Christy Jansen, Chief of Staff at the World Business Academy, and I am here in a virtual room thanks to Zoom with Ronaldo Brutico, the Academy's president and founder. The World Business Academy is a 501c3 nonprofit action incubator dedicated to elevating the consciousness of people in the business community and encouraging business leaders and to use their power and influence to take greater responsibility for the communities and the environment that their work touches. We are recording this show on April 11th, 2020. Please forgive any audio inconsistencies. As I mentioned before, we are taking the social distancing recommendations to heart and recording this via a remote tool. Before we get going, I would like to invite our listeners again to reach out to us at info at worldbusiness.org. If you have questions or comments about the show today, or if you have anything you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. And as always, you can listen to us on the go using Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, just search World Business Academy. And last week, we made that call, and we did get some great input from our listeners, and it was great to see some people respond. So, Ronaldo, what do we have on the agenda today?
1: Well, thank you, Christy. Before we start, obviously, we have to acknowledge this is Passover. Uh, In fact, the markets were closed on Friday as a result. And uh, for the Christian world, of course, it was Good Friday. Today is um, Holy Saturday, and tomorrow is Easter Sunday, a time of incredible um, spiritual focus for most people, even the people who only go to church once or twice a year. And this year they can't. And I want to congratulate all of the pastors and all of the clergy and all of the priests and all the people in the religious institutions who are telling their congregations, stay home, do it by television. Stream the service of your choice, whether it's from St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York or the local church down the block. Do that for yourself, for your friends, for your community. If you're wondering, that is what God wants you to do. Keep safe, yeah. and your neighbors too. With that, even under the circumstances, great to be here. I'm, I'm learning how to live with Zoom. I'm understanding that I'm becoming... It's sort of like... Um, I'm going to have to become technologically appreciative of this, whether I like it or not, because I'm living my whole life on Zoom cameras. And I could use a decent makeup artist to help me look a little better on these harsh lights. But at the end of the day, I'm really grateful to be able to see people's face and to talk to them like I would if I were in person. Because as you know, uh, we're not trying to do uh, social distancing, really. We're trying to do physical distancing. And I love the idea of being able to socially stay connected by Zoom uh, I've been doing it with my grandchildren now, both sets of them, and I'm really beginning to, to decide I would prefer pictures and conversations to just conversations alone. So I'm really grateful for Zoom, and I think it's going, it's it's clearly going to change the world in many ways. By the way, for those people who are looking at Zoom as a stock, I do not think it's time to buy stocks yet. We'll get into that later. But um, some people have dinged Zoom because they had a, a problem, which they did, as you know. Uh, they got hacked, and they became hackable. Uh, I tuned in the CEO's uh, explanation of what happened and what they did about it, and I was extremely impressed. I was extremely impressed with what he was doing and how he took it, how he took his responsibility. So my guess is when you have fundamentally that kind of passion for your customers and for how good your product works, when we come out of this, Zoom will be not only a viable company, Zoom will be a very successful company. He has earned his way into the pantheon of exciting technological companies. Um, that's interesting because I don't think he was an American born. I believe he's foreign national. Okay, having said that, I know I want to get into agriculture at the end of this show, but I don't want to do it right now. What I want to do is I want to start with the big one. Everybody knows jobs. So, like the the python that swallowed the elephant, we thought maybe if we got through a you know 10 million people losing their jobs, the next week would be better. Most economists thought it would. We didn't. We thought it was going to be bad. We said it's going to be worse. How bad we didn't know, but was going to be bad. Well. Now we're up to almost 17 million people have lost their jobs in the last three weeks. That's not news. Everybody probably knows it. What they don't know is if that's the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning. And I would suggest to you that I personally, and I spend most of my days trying to see where the bottom of this thing is, I can't see bottom yet. I cannot tell you that I can identify why this will bottom out and where. And that's too bad because I know for a fact we could create a bottom to this. Um, I'm thinking we're also going to get into one of the questions, Christy. That, that we got some great questions that came in. I want to save time for them, so please do get ready to read them shortly. But um, you know, I, even if you were thinking of getting into the market, which I strongly recommend you not, you, you, you'd want to look at why is the market doing so well this last week when the economy is in freefall? And I had talked to you about that before the show started, and I mentioned that I just happened after we we were prepping for the show. That the New York Times ran an article that very that very fact, just today, on the business section, page five, and basically gave one of the worst explanations I've ever seen. I mean, it was such gobbledygook, it meant, it meant it was nonsensical. So I can tell you what the answer is, so, but it, ain't, it wasn't in the New York Times.
0: So, Ronaldo, why don't you briefly outline what their explanation is and, and then tell tell us what your explanation is. I'm very curious to see what you're, what you're thinking.
1: Well, there's... So, so they're thinking, as I said, it's, it's quite muddled. The, the, the headline on the it's on page right, Why stocks are booming amid economic freefall. And what it does is it lists the belief that the market sometimes does anything to develop an optimistic point of view in the face of seriously negative information. That is such a silly explanation. I can barely I can barely put credit to it, right? you know and they and they come up with fancy terms like short squeeze dynamics go read for it yourself it's not worth me repeating but the point is when you have and we're going to get into oil in a minute the, the complete breakdown of the Saudi Arabia Russia deal and why that's not going to happen even though they made a deal and it's not going to work and I'll be happy to tell you why that is when we talk about oil so they're talking about the gush of money that is trying to find safe investments and they you know the technology is going to be a place to invest so the so stock market's readdressing itself to get ready for when we come bouncing out of this. We are not going to bounce out of this. Folks, you just got to know, this is not going to be a sharp V down and a sharp V up. Anybody that tells you that does not understand economics. I would include the President of the United States. I would include Peter Navarro in that. I would include everybody he talks to.
0: All of his economic advisors are not understanding the economy.
1: (laughs) Well, because he didn't pick them for that reason. He picked them for loyalty. He, He picked them because he wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. That's what a sociopathic narcissist is. Okay, so he's a guy who does great damage because of his narcissism. So in any event, where we are with jobs? So the bottom isn't hit yet. The money has not yet come out of the treasury. Now, it may be that Mnuchin's been shoveling a little cash out the side door to some of the bigger companies in his $500 billion slush fund. But the $395 billion has not flowed. Small businesses haven't gotten their first check. It's been well over a week now, right? A week for last Friday. I don't know of anybody who's received a $1,200 check from the federal government yet. Do you?
0: No, I think I, that's not ex- expected till next week.
1: Yeah, well, but not, it was all going to be, remember Mnuchin said on Friday night, money will be flowing by tomorrow.
0: Mm, it is
1: not flowing. Not I much. think he was talking about the money he was intending to write checks to his buddies. I don't think that's us. I think that's the elite.
0: So here's my question, Ronaldo. Just Are, are you getting to the answer of why the stock market is not falling further right now?
1: Yeah, and it's a very simple answer. It's because the stock market is a gross, constant manipulation. So what I've always said on this show is the only way you make money if you run the market, remember, this is, program trading means you got to set the computer one direction or the other. You cannot turn the computer off. So if the market doesn't move up or down, you can't make money. Wall Street doesn't make money when the market's static. So if they can push it up on false good news, they do it to make money and suck you in. If they can do it on falling bad news, they sell like crazy to scare you so they can then buy on the next dip. And you've heard this expression, buy on the dip. This isn't a dip. This is a crash. This is a free fall. So so the market in in the best of times is so highly rigged. You've heard me say many times, I'm a really smart guy. I mean, I know the markets better than anybody I know. And I wouldn't play the markets. I don't have computers fast enough to play the markets. So if you want to invest, you have to be looking at fundamentals over the long term. You can't look at the aberrations of the market up and down on a day-to-day basis, which is why I issued in October of 2018 my warning, get out of the market. You'll never be able to figure it out. It'll, and I said high volatility, it'll go up one day, it'll go crash the next day. And that is what we are in for, folks. So get out of the market, buy gold, and go to sleep every night. Remember that? I said go to sleep comfortably every night knowing you got richer that day. Even if it went up and down a little bit, it's going to be at a constant upward trend. And, and just to complete that thought, you know, gold has gone up since April of 2019 by 30, almost 31%, actually. And the market's only gone up by 9%, actually 3%. So, no,
0: so when down. you take that- It's down by 3%, down, 3% right now. Down by
1: 3%, S&P, and Dow is down by 9 And it's going to go further down. And if you look at a trend line of the market from April to 11, 2019, that dotted line is not going in the right direction, conversely if you look at a regression analysis of gold over the same period of time, the line clearly keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Is it going to stop at 1688 where it is today? No. No, it's it's already breached the 1,700 mark once. I remember when I first announced it's going to breach 1,200 people, thought I was crazy. And then I said, no, it's going to get past 1,600. Then, Then I said 1,700. Now, I don't see anything between here and 2,000 that's going to stop it. And the nice thing about gold is you go to sleep every night knowing the worse things get, the more you make money. And if you're a believer that things are about to get worse, you ought to be in gold. If you think it's all over and you think it's time to, you know, happy days are here again and the economy is going to bounce back with a B- v recovery, then you be happy to get in the market. It's not going to do that. And everybody smart knows that. Everybody knows that. All the market people know that. The Wall Street people know that. But they can't make money if they don't push it up or down. So after they push it down a certain amount, they go, okay, will the public be willing to believe some new baloney? Well, the baloney of the week was end of oil wars. Russia makes deal with OPEC. So the Saudis and the Russians agree that they will cut production by 10%.
0: How did that turn In out, or- Ronaldo? Uh,
1: oil price fell again the next day. <laughs> Why? So I'll tell you what. If you look at global statistics... We're already, we're swimming in oil reserves. I mean, we have so much oil stored, we don't have many more places to put it. They keep pumping it, we got no more places to put it. And here's the best part, consumption, down about 25% globally.
0: Yeah, Ronaldo, my, my car insurance is giving me back a portion of my um, premium right. because
1: nobody's driving, nobody's, nobody's on the road. Right. Okay. So, so that's two companies are doing that. Uh, and I think- More than idea. two,
0: more than two, because my, my, my company's not on the list that Benjamin gave us earlier today.
1: Oh, good. Okay, so congratulations. It's spreading. And it's smart because the insurance commissioner is going to go around to the ones that don't do that and say, why didn't you do mm-hmm. that? Because we have a great insurance commissioner in California. By the way, I want to point out, Christy's comment only applies to California. I have heard of no other state that's doing that yet.
0: Well, no, my my car insurance is USAA, which is the-, the No,
1: but you're in California. You're you're regulated by the California State Insurance Commission.
0: But they, they're a nationwide company, and I'm sure no, they're no, no, doing this for no, all no, no, of no, their no, customers. no, no, no,
1: no, 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 it's not, no, no, wrong. no, 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 no. No, it's state-by-state state regulation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Don't get kids. This is why people don't realize how important it is when you get a chance, as like we do in California, to vote for an insurance commissioner. You get someone who's a consumer advocate. You don't get someone who's an insurance industry hack like what we do in Washington. Okay? So no, only California companies, only California drivers. Because what you're getting is you're getting a rebate on your insurance paid because the calculation of how many accidents on average you would have turned out to be way too high because too many cars mm-hmm. are gone off the road. So that's what happened. Two companies did it, and now it's spreading to the industry because the insurance commissioner will go to any insurance company, no matter where they're based, that has insurance written in California and say, how come you didn't give money back to your customers in California and he has the right to do that? He's the insurance commissioner of California. So if you have a car insurance in California, you should be getting a rebate.
0: Which is another interesting point, Ronaldo, in relation to where in the country you live and which it, who is your state governor and how that's going to make a huge difference in this virus. Huge.
1: Oh, huge! I hope we get time to talk about it. But anyway, so so we now talked about insurance a little bit. We talked about gold. So, to anybody who wants to know, is it too late to get into gold? No, get there as fast as you can and get out of the market if you're still in there. And I hope you're not, because um, the last dip that the market took caused a lot of people to get a lot extra gray hair. Right? It, we dropped 25 percent in the space of a week, and it's not over. This is the market's new normal. Is not the Dow at twenty uh, six thousand? Or the S&P at 2800. That's not the new normal. It's below that. And so what you're seeing is a play on the market because they know they can get people to believe, okay, there's an oil deal with Russia and OPEC, so that's going to take pressure off of oil prices. Wrong. It didn't because demand is down by about 25% and that deal in its best day is only a 10% deal. And I'm not even sure they're going to keep that, that 10% because Iraq will, pu- will pump anything it can get its hands on, has no intention of following that rule. So will the Saudis and the Russians produce less? Yes. Will that change demand? No. Will that prop the price of oil up? No. So, but people played that in the market for a one day gain as if, oh, announcement of a deal between Russia and OPEC. This is the greatest thing. It'll help the price of oil, which by the way, there's nothing good about the price of oil going up, despite what you hear from the White House. That's all bad for consumers. And I'm delighted that it's happening. Even my environmental friends would go, "Well, if it's so cheap, won't that slow down uh, re- renewable energy?" No,
0: well, no,
1: because it's still, renewable energy is still cheaper.
0: In fact, in fact, Ronaldo, re- renewable energy is doing fine right now comparatively.
1: It is absolutely, and a lot
0: of these, a lot of the, the the drop in oil price, what that's doing is it's getting the fracking business out of the business.
1: Well, actually, just to, just to highlight that, that's why Putin agreed to the deal. Putin was trying to eliminate American fracking, and he correctly calculated that he could survive on $25 to $30 barrel oil. Tough, but he could make it. He cannot survive at 23 and below, and he knew fracking couldn't survive below 40. So he figured if we get below 40 and keep it there long enough, it'll drive all the frackers out of business in America. Well, that is happening. That is a correct statement. Well, the fracking industry is collapsing. Even companies that service the fracking industry, like Baker Hughes, the oil services company, feeling it, I mean, they're all feeling it. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a wave of bankruptcies in um, in the Midwest, for example, in the Permian Basin. Yeah,
0: because so, they're highly leveraged. All of those companies are very, very highly leveraged.
1: Yeah, and, and they, they were they're, they're wildcats to begin with. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're like yeah. high risk yeah. takers with you know high potential payoffs, high potential risk. So my whole point to this is the way to look at when to get back in the market is when the fundamentals say okay, we have hit bottom, or we're close to hitting bottom. A wise person once told me, never try to pick the high, high, or the low, low. Just get close. But we're not close to the bottom yet, and and, and I can't see the bottom. When when I can see where the bottom is, I'll be happy to go back in the market before we hit it. But I want to see where it is and why it's going to be where I say it's going to be. And if I can't explain it to you in English, don't believe me. No, that's, that's what I tell people who read the Wall Street Journal and, and go to their stockbrokers. Um, okay, so let's go to, um, so I do want to get that question. Let's do some questions. I was so grateful that people wrote in with questions. And I want to give a shout out um, to a couple of people who uh, I was particularly pleased. Uh, we, we had some people, who I, I'm assuming these questions came in because we asked for them last week. So thank you, folks, for the questions. Why don't you tell me, Christy, what the first one is?
0: Well, there's actually a couple of questions. We had talked about when you do when it is time to go back in the stock market to focus on the management of the companies. Right. And um, two questions. One is a question comment. One was about, so when it is time to go back, and you're, not now, we don't know what the bottom is, right? But when it right. is time, would it be smarter to invest in particular companies where you know what kind of management they have, or is there, are there ETFs or funds that, that you can invest in to like minimize your risk and to spread your risk out?
1: Yeah. So first of all, yes, um, you could do, um, and I always believe management is the best yardstick for future success. So yes, you could pick management for sure. Number two, could you pick an ETF? Yes, but I wouldn't pick a market-wide ETF. Let me give you the reason. Uh, I really don't think May Company will ever come back the way it was. I don't think brick-and-mortar retail will ever come back the way it was. I don't think Amazon is going to give up the market share it's it's gaining every day, nor will Walmart, which is getting huge online. So the companies that have gone successfully online uh, are going to be more likely to be the successful companies of the future. But if you bought a general market ETF, you're going to have dogs with the good ones. So what I would do is first issue, Management. Second issue, and don't even look at the management if they're in the wrong industry, or if they're in the wrong company. So, if you've got a a company that's really over leveraged and was barely surviving before this crisis, even with federal bailout money, not likely to succeed. If you if you're interested in a company that um, is in a good industry, let's say renewable energy, or I just gave one a minute ago. I mean, technology, right? Tech is going to be a good industry because look at how good tech is in terms of new applications. Um then you, then you say, okay, is this the company in the tech industry, with the management in the tech industry, with a product in the tech industry, tech industry, which I think will work? Now, I just gave a compliment to Zoom a while ago. I don't own a single share, but I think that they are showing me that they're going to join that pantheon of highly successful technology companies. So uh, that's how I would look at it. And I would invite more questions with even more specificity on this topic.
0: And then uh, th- there was one other comment, Ronaldo, about always betting on an impassioned leader. And I I wonder what you would say about that.
1: Well, first of all, I do believe in passion in a way. But I have this favorite saying I've had for probably 30 years. Consciousness is no substitute for competence. Mm. You could substitute the word passion. Passion alone is no possible substitute for competence. So I can be the most passionate person in the world and if I don't have the competence, I'm leading people into the Valley of Death. You know, uh, the guy who led the charge of the Light Brigade into the Valley of Death, rode the 600, was passionate. He was incompetent. Okay. General um, uh, Little Bighorn. went I mean, no, a no, Little Bighorn. Little Bighorn. Um, General, um, come on. Custer? Custer. <laughs> General Custer was passionate. He was not competent.
0: Well, look no, at so our I, current leader right now. He's got a lot of passion
1: Well, he I and he's, he's very charismatic passion. and a
0: lot of people really love him. I,
1: I don't know if he's passionate. And by the way, I don't think that's charismatic. I think if you're in his cult, you think of his charisma. I think if you're not in his cult, which is two thirds of the people that see him, you see him for what he is, which is a, which is a hollow, uh, phony, Connerville barker. He's a I mean, salesman. He's, he's a sideshow. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a reality TV show host and he's trying to turn our crisis into his reality show. Well, for him to brag about, quote, listen to this, his ratings- Because people are turning in to find out how to survive coronavirus, those aren't his ratings. Those are Fauci's ratings. And by the way, when he fires Fauci, because he doesn't want Fauci to have the stage to outshine him, guess what? Fauci will have no problem getting an audience. (laughs) The media will find Fauci, and he won't keep you at the podium for an hour and a half saying useless things. So I don't know why. I wish if there's anybody in the media listening to this, please stop covering Trump's press conferences. They're they're 90 minute rallies. It's what he's doing because he can't put crowds in front of himself. They make no sense. They're full of craziness, and um, they're misleading, and they're dangerous. So if you think you are attracted by that, Amni Patre, Filio Tu, Sancti, as they would say in my childhood, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's what I. That's all I can do for you at that point. It's like God bless. I don't. I mean, I can't help you. Okay, give me another question though.
0: Um, well, we were talking on an earlier show about the antibody testing, and right. I I know you've got. A number of things to say about that. It's something that we've been, we've been actually developing. Um,
1: and just yesterday, Fauci, or today actually, Fauci came along and endorsed the concept of antibody ad- ad- testing to create some sort of an immunity card. We talked about Germany talking about an immunity passport. I know the UK is looking at it. No one, the one thing that we did at the academy that no one has yet done to the best of my knowledge, including Fauci, is they haven't figured out a system for how to use it. And and I think you've got some questions that came in about uh, like for example how do you, how do you protect it under HIPAA right
0: is one of the questions yeah is, is is it you know how do you how, what do you do if a person refuses to show a health identity card
1: right yeah and so and so the first question is how do you conform it to HIPAA well the answer is because it's a health identity card by nature and and the unique num- numbering system relates only to your medical records you never leave the HIPAA world so it's just like you going to your doctor getting tested they give you the results you still control it under HIPAA. Okay. In this, you control it and you authorize the government to print up a card with your picture on it that says, yep, we tested him or her and they are, uh, they are antibody present. So they can take that card and you your question is, wh- how do you know? Well, you take that card to a bar and the woman or the guy at the door says, okay, you can come in and drink. You can't, you can't get sick. Uh, you take it to a restaurant, they say, come on, have a table because you can't get sick. So as long as you have your antibodies, you are immune from further infection. So there's no privacy issue. To the opposite, you want to show that card so that you can go back to work. And because it's a photo identification card that eliminates the other question that comes up, how do we know it's you? Now, I just want to talk about China for a second. China's trying to do a system where they use telephones. And there's a color code on your phone, depending on whether you're safe or not. And that's crazy, because I could give you my phone. Well, I can't give you my identity card if it's a photo ID. And by the way, people have not asked me this. Well, I think we did get a question on this. Uh, how do you protect against counterfeits? Simple. I would do with a very, very simple embossment te- embossing technique. We could do it either with a hologram, which we do all the time. For example, all the driver's licenses in the state of California issue with a hologram today.
0: Ren- so we Ronaldo, have that ability. I have to. I have to just say though, there's you know many millions of people who don't have any ID because they are not documented in other ways. So I don't know that these people would actually be. You know, trusting that, that this system would be a, one that they could even get into, even if they wanted to.
1: Okay, well, let's let's just take the category of people that you're referencing, which is the largest category, and that's um, undocumented aliens. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in California, we wisely created a system where you can get an ID card, you can get a California motor vehicle license without showing proof of citizenship, and many many undocumented aliens have chosen to do that. I think that's a smart move because California has said we will not turn that information over to the immigration control authorities. So many undocumented aliens are driving around with driver's licenses. They can bring that in and get their photo ID with that. Also, I want to point out that the way those people got those in the first place was by providing minimal identification requirements to the Department of Motor Vehicles which is where I want to send people to get the photo ID no, card. No, I
0: think that's good, but I, I just think there's so much mistrust of, I mean, in some D, some DMVs around the country are sharing that that information with the federal government. And I just, I love the idea of this. I love the energy that's behind it, but I just am not certain that we can answer those questions. And then
1: what well, if... Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, remember your premise here. <sighs> yes, many states do terrible things. I think the governor of Florida is killing his own citizens the stupidity. Okay. I think that Newsom's doing a good job. I think Inslee's doing a good job. What's her name in Michigan's doing a good job. I think that- Whitmer. uh, Gretchen. Gretchen Whitmer. I think that uh, Cuomo's doing a great job. Okay. Um, So in those states where the governor is prudent, cares about their people and is doing it right, they should be free to push out the photo identity card. If you live in a state where because you are black, you're probably having your vote suppressed. Yeah. I would tend to doubt the sanctity of your records at the DMV. By the way, most of those red states do not permit you to have a driver's license without uh, citizenship papers, just to let you know. So that's how they block it. Okay? And one more thing you should know is when California started doing that quietly in New York also, the federal government under Trump put in this new law that you couldn't fly with a California or a New York ID unless you had a federally endorsed ID, which required you to show citizenship papers. So they they they're trying to stop that, but they can't stop you from issuing uh, a, a identity card which is good in the state of California. And then what would happen, I believe, is California would do what's called an interstate compact. We will not have the um, we won't have this in place yet because it's still coming and it's part of what I want to talk about in the new federalism. But eventually you're going to see more and more state compacts, which is what we did in the 13 colonies before we had the constitution. And in that compact, the state of New York will say For the next 12 months, we agree to to accept California cards in New York and vice versa. Because they both agree on their standards. And they'll cut, you know, Washington State will come into that. Um, Michigan will come into that. Uh, Oregon will come into that. Um, Wisconsin would probably come into that at some point. Um, Illinois would come into that. Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island. They would all come into that. Probably Virginia. And a lot of companies, a lot of states wouldn't. Okay, no problem. They stay in the Depression. Now, how long is that going to go on before the people in those states go, wait a minute, they're going back to work. They don't have 20% unemployment in California. Anymore. They're back down to 6 or 8%. Uh, what's going to happen is the same thing that happened after the Civil War when black people realized what was happening during Reconstruction, they left. They went north. That's when the great black migration north happened. I believe you will see a migration from southern states when people realize it is not safe to live in Georgia even if you think Atlanta's a cool city. It's not safe to live in Mississippi. It is not safe to live in Louisiana. It's not safe to live in um, Alabama. It's not safe to live in Southern Carolina. And when people start to understand that, they don't yet, but they will. But I don't think it's safe to live in Texas right now. Okay. So if, and, and remember, the biggest problem is coming, climate change. The big one. So if this prepares us for climate change, if, if because we had to mobilize to build this to beat this virus, we learned the power of mobilization, it may just save us in the end, because climate change is a far bigger crisis than coronavirus. There is no vaccine. And uh, Deepak was on MSNBC this morning, and he was commenting on how the clear the skies are. In Bangalore, India, people's respiratory illnesses have gone down dramatically. Yeah, well, we got forced to reduce 25% of the global economy, well, not 25 yeah, about 25% of the global economy overnight.
0: Yeah. Forced yeah. to. Yeah, along but those lines, that will, they, they, you can see the top of the Himalayas from the Punjab to you know right now for the first time again, in
1: 30 years. Yeah, so that's all positive. And if we take that mobilization to beat coronavirus into, okay, now we got to, what we learned, apply to climate change. It might just give us, because we're going to get some time now, The CO2 being reduced will buy us a little extra time. Not a lot, because the methane hasn't slowed down. But the CO2 reduction will. And if we use this wisely it could become the teaching tool we need to begin to address climate change, which we haven't started to do as, an, as a global population yet. Okay. I know we're running out of time. I just want to mention one thing about agriculture. It's very important. And I, and I would, re- and by the way, if we didn't get to all the questions, I don't think we did that came in, please send them. Do You want to give a shout out to some of the people that wrote them just by first name, Christy? Yeah,
0: Steve and John and Brennan and uh, then Nathan and Lisa also commented. It's just great to hear from these people.
1: Yeah, and so if you if you just keep, keep writing us in, and if you didn't get the answer you were looking for yet, um, Christy will go compile what we still have to answer in the next show. We will. And if you want more explanation, we will. And I would just urge you, please keep listening and keep asking questions and keep pushing me to come up with the, the things that you want to know that will help you not only survive, but prosper. And, and at some point, I'm going to talk about species die off. And when I do, you're going to be happy to know that you're the species that's not dying off. <laughs> Okay, on the before ending this, I just also want two other things. Number one, I want a short, just quick shout out to the idea that agriculture, big agriculture, agribusiness, eight, ten thousand acres of land under one person or company's ownership is in dire straits. I'm not sure it will come back. I and the reason is, and by the way, this will be the benefit of small family farmers. If you have 50 acres, you can pick your crops yourself, and you got no problem finding customers. I had a box of vegetables delivered to my door today from the farmer, who's an organic farmer locally, whose entire business now is no longer selling to restaurants and to supermarkets. They just do it direct, and they're making more money. And they're not not at risk because they don't need foreign labor to save their crop. Whereas, because of the clampdown of coronavirus, and because of the clampdown, which was foolish that preceded it on migrant workers, Large agribusiness is not going to be able to get its crops in. Now, even though the Trump administration has already given $23 billion to the agriculture community, mostly to big companies, by the way, ain't going to save them. It's like pumping air into a tire that's already got a hole. The hole just gets bigger no matter how fast you pump. So I want to share that because I want to talk next time about, you're going to hear about how agriculture is in trouble. It is. But the kind of agriculture that's in trouble is the kind of agriculture we don't want anyway. We don't want factory farming with the undue reliance on GMOs and pesticides. And by the way, we're doing a a very interesting program on GMOs. If anybody who is interested in in being connected to a network of people who will be really informing each other about GMOs, their presence, and what to do about it, send us a note because we're going to be forming a a GMO awareness network in conjunction with the producers of a film called Farm, spelled P-H-A-R-M, Farm to Table, meaning pharmacology to table. So we've got this movie coming out, and you could be part of a revolution in people's thinking on GMOs. Okay, I touched briefly on agriculture. I think we're out of time. I wish we had more time, but um, let's pick it up here next time, and, and please keep those questions coming in. Anything we didn't answer, we'll do on the next show, and we'll just keep going. Thanks, everybody. Keep Keep a stiff upper lip. We will get through this, and remember, you aren't the part of the species that's going to die off because you're smart enough to listen to this show. Thanks, everybody. Take care.
0: Thanks, Ronaldo.